Lubis had a big impact on the Texan dining experience. Their famous Luan platters that serve square fish planks with macaroni and cheese became a Texas food staple. However, the company has undergone a long period of lackluster performance. Let's take a look at what happened. Bob Luby and his cousin opened the first Luby's Cafeteria in 1947 in San Antonio. However, the business can be traced back to the early 1900s when Bob's father, Harry, opened a small cafeteria called New England Dairy Lunch in Missouri. With the help of Harry's cousins, the business expanded into new states in the U.S. The history is quite foggy as some cousins decided to operate the business under different names. When Luby's had around 11 cafeterias in 1959, it incorporated as Cafeterias Inc. The business continued to grow, entering in new locations in Texas, New Mexico and Oklahoma. By 1973, it was already listed in the over-the-counter stock market. The expansion continued such that new area managers were hired to oversee the management of existing units and launch of new ones. After passing the $100 million mark, they rebranded to Luby's Cafeterias in 1981 and went public on the New York Stock Exchange a year later. The 1980s were the best years for Luby's. They managed their cafeterias very efficiently and weathered economic downturn with finesse. They maintained financial discipline by using solely internally generated funds to expand. By 1987, they opened the 100th location in Round Rock, Texas. In the early 1990s, Luby's started spending more on marketing ads on TV and radio to attract a younger crowd. And Luby's had built a very strong moat. From 1989 to 1996, Luby's was voted as people's favorite cafeteria category by surveys conducted by Restaurant and Institutions magazine. But things quickly took a turn for the worst. In 1997, the CEO of Luby's committed suicide at 49 years old due to depression over store closings and business pressures. Declining sales and profits prompted Chris and Harris Pappas to take over management in 2001. Luby's was defaulting on its credit facility and was seeking a waiver of the defaults. The Pappas had already invested in Luby's in 2000 and believed in the chain's potential. They attempted a turnaround strategy, which did not really help. I compiled some financial metrics to get a picture of what was happening. Revenue growth slowed down and started to decline by 1999 as some underperforming cafeterias closed down. That's intuitive. The less stores they operate, the less revenues they generate. Thus, we need to look at comparable store sales growth to see the true picture. And this showed a business that was clearly struggling. From 2001 to 2003, the same store sales growth was negative in all quarters. As more stores closed down, revenues dipped to $319 million. Note that the sales figures are adjusted because in 2002, they moved from a 12-calendar month to a 13-4-week period reporting system. The stock price tanked to nearly $1, far from the $18 to $24 range in the 1990s. A businessman even ran for a board seat at Luby's in the wake of poor company performance. However, he was not voted in. Luby's management approved of a new business plan in 2003 that called for the closure of around 50 locations. I have a general understanding of what they were trying to do. Close down the underperforming stores. Open new ones. And hope that the new ones will perform better. That plan worked well for Luby's until 2006. Revenues grew to $325 million. Note that the sales figures are adjusted to reflect the closed stores under the 2003 management plan. 
Same-store sales growth was positive for 12 consecutive quarters. Then came the financial crisis. Sales declined to $280 million as same-store sales growth took a massive hit. Luby's put in place their cash flow improvement plan in 2010 that called for the closure of 24 locations. To be fair, Luby's was not the only one underperforming during this time period. The parent company of Fudrickers filed for bankruptcy in 2010. Luby's jumped on the opportunity and bought Fudrickers for $61 million. The transaction included around 60 company-operated Fudrickers hamburger restaurants and three Cuckoo Roo chicken restaurants. Then at the end of 2012, Luby's bought Cheeseburger in Paradise for $11 million. They thought that the business would complement their family-friendly brands. But both of the acquired franchises did not perform as expected. Same-store sales growth was basically muted from 2012 to 2016 and revenues essentially stagnated. Luby's turned a loss every single year since 2014. Revenue began to fall as they sold some Fuddrickers and Cheeseburgers in Paradise locations. Their goal was to sell enough locations to raise $45 million to pay down debt. At the end of 2018, activist investor Bandera Partners launched a proxy fight. They had a list of people they wanted to be put on the board in order to steer the company in the right direction. But shareholders decided to keep the existing board members. Luby's convinced shareholders that the proposed board candidates had little experience and that Bandera would call for a liquidation. Luby's was not the only one being targeted by activist investors. The restaurant franchise model was struggling to maintain attractive economics. Luby's plan was to refranchise company-owned Fuddrickers. The refranchising would enable Luby's to get rid of underperforming restaurants. They also sold some real estate and had raised 60% of their $45 million goal. From 2014 to 2019, they accumulated $88 million in losses. This is because despite reducing the restaurant base, Luby's overhead costs still increased. At the time of my research, Luby's stock traded below $1. I am sure there might be some ways to save the chain. But they would surely need to seek external help. What do you think they should do to revitalize the business? Should they look for a buyer? Should they work with activists? As always, let us know what you think.